Hey guys and welcome to episode 21 of Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast and it's the first one of the year, I can't believe we've left it so long but spring is finally here somewhere, somewhere in Florida and Clearwater it's it's spring training (laughs) and as ever I am joined by Ryan from Rototrix. Ryan how are you buddy? Absolutely delightful, braving the awful weather here in England, a storm a-brewing, but um, that's okay because baseball, as you say, is close and the good weather was not far behind the corner. Yeah, well, for us, I think we've got to wait a few more months, but uh, seeing the pictures in clear water, I'm like, man, and I look out the window and see my tree falling down my fence and onto my car, and I'm like, oh... Yeah, it's, it's, been is, yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting day. And, uh, and as ever, we are joined by the good fights, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm divine. I am very <laughs> excited for, uh, for some baseball to start soon. There's nothing I love more than spring training and watching people battle it out for five roster spots. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and there's a big roster. We'll get to that oh, shortly, yeah. but it's a big old roster and the trucks rolled in this morning to Clearwater and of course pitchers and catches report in just a couple of days as well. It's baseball. It's here. It's here guys. We're, oh, we've we've done it. The the long winter hiatus is over. Um but before we get to that guys, um here in London in the UK, Pashyunk Avenue and MLB London joined forces to open up a brand new uh, home run house. It's it's sort of Pashyunk's vision. They want to do it at their place at Fitzrovia. And basically it's a bar. Well, for you Americans, it's going to be normal. But for us British, it's it's one of a kind. Uh, so basically, it's it's in the Westfields Shopping Centre in Stratford. It's opposite the Pashyunk uh, Avenue chain there. And uh, you walk in and you've got six amazing batting cages. Then you've got a, a fantastic bar. You've got screens everywhere to watch the game. You've got a little small merchandise stand as well. And it's it's a brilliant. It's a it, they've done it fantastic, and I really hope it takes off. We were there for opening night, and it was absolutely packed. So many people walking by as well, going in, checking it out. Everybody was having a great time. The batting cages are, are all sort of interactive with sensors and and speed motion, so they can catch how uh, how quick you're hitting the ball. And they'll put it on a wow. screen of like Citizens Bank Park. Where you can do the home run challenge. Uh, you can do a game situation. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's all interactive. It's all great fun, uh, great food, and, of course, drinks available as well. And uh, we're going to try and have some UK Philly meats down there this season uh, to, to check it out. Guys, honestly, check it out. If you're anywhere around London, head down to Stratford, have some fun, and, uh, and then obviously check Pashyunk out while you're there. Get a cheesesteak, uh, watch some baseball, because it is, honestly, it's a fantastic. And during the London series, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, middle of June this year, that place has got so much going on. They've teamed up with MLB London, so they've got a lot of events happening and coming up as well. So uh, keep an eye out, and of course, we'll let you know as well. But uh, I spoke to JP Tetty, the founder, the legend that is JP Tetty of Pashyunk Avenue, and uh, he had a few words, so uh, here's what he had to say. 
Dave, um, yeah, I've been here for 11 years now. I came over to do a, um, uh, a corporate job for a big American company, and um, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I did it for about six and a half years. Uh, in business school, I had the idea that became sort of, that was the beginnings of, uh, of Passion. And, um, and I started developing that idea uh, after I left my big, safe corporate <laughs> job. Uh, thankfully, I had a very supportive wife uh, and family behind me to make it happen. And, um, and, and really the idea was, uh, the idea was to you know, take all these American concepts that I, that I didn't think did a very good job representing America. It certainly wasn't the America that I recognized growing up. Uh, and I said, what if we did a, a really authentic uh, interpretation, hospitality concept that presented a very specific, authentic, regional form of Americana, right? Um, I, thought, I thought it would really, um, really resonate with consumers. Um, I thought uh, I thought it'd be really sort of emotional experience, uh, and it turned out to have uh, worked really well. Um, and uh, and and that essentially became that essentially became Passionk, and and it's all about telling the story of my family, my South Philly roots, and uh, and giving people a glimpse into you know a really unique kind of Americana that perhaps they hadn't considered before. And did you ever imagine when you first built it that it would then develop into another? food chain and, and, and this amazing place here as well because it's taken off yeah I mean you you dream of this stuff um, you know I, I don't think you ever really allow yourself to think it could actually happen hmm. uh, because you don't want to have your hopes dashed if it doesn't um, but you know we're ambitious people and we really believe in what we're doing we think what we're doing is important uh, and we know now that um, people value um, you know like I said on an emotional level what we're doing and um, and and we really value being able to provide it and present it to them so um, you know we're gonna we're gonna keep riding this thing and we're gonna keep giving uh, you know consumers what they want and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully keep enjoying do it and we want to make this business as big as possible so as many people can experience it absolutely and of course the most important thing of course is the bread roll yeah the ingredients. How tough was it to to source that and get it right? How many was it trial and error? Did you have to go through a big long process? Yeah, that's that's always the, one of the biggest challenges with the cheesesteak. Um, and uh, we spent we spent we spent about 12 months developing it. Um, you know, long before anyone knew of us, and uh, long before we had the uh, the flagship site on Cleveland Street in Fitzrovia. Um, you know, we were toiling in obscurity, developing our recipes, and and the bread was 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 key to that. Uh, we went through many different iterations of the recipe uh, and finally got to a recipe that we're happy with. We have one of the best bakers in the country baking our recipe for us on a, uh, on a daily basis. And um, I, I'll tell you, it was, wor it was worth the effort. It oh, was worth the effort. incredible. And it, you, know, you get people coming over from Philadelphia saying that it's as good as the cheesecake from Philadelphia. That must mean a hell of a lot. Uh, it's very gratifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it shows that pe people really appreciate all the effort that we put into it. Uh, it, it wasn't in vain. And um, to have people from you know from from my home come here and show us that level of, of appreciation is really special. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, going back to Philadelphia, did you get to go back to Philadelphia much at all? Or? I'll tell you, Dave, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I have two small kids now. Uh, right, I know that feeling. You know, right? I know that feeling. I have a four-year-old yeah. and a two-year-old, and they're and they're really uh, a challenge to travel with. Yeah. Um, last year, thankfully, I, I was able to go home. Uh, actually, three times. I went home once in February for some business stuff. Uh, I went home with the family, brought the kids home to see their grandparents in July, and then I brought my oldest son home in November to go to his first uh, Philadelphia Eagles game. Wow, what an yeah. experience. Yeah, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. It was a great time. And quickly, on the Phillies, yeah. are you managing to keep track of them much over this side of the ponds? Uh, what do you think of the chances coming up for this season? I am. I, I, think, it, I think it's going to be... 
I know, I'm, I'm a bit of a realist, and I'm, I'm sort of a, an abused Phillies fan, and I've been, <laughs> been rooting for the Phillies my entire life. Uh, I've seen it all, and I've, you've seen the highs, and I've seen more lows than highs. I think we're, I think we're going to have a tough year this year, uh, only because um, the division is so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the division is stacked. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've made the improvements that we've needed, needed to make in terms of our pitching depth, uh, particularly in the bullpen. Um, and, um, I, you know, I still, I still question uh, whether or not we have enough offense, but particularly given our lack of pitching. Um, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh, another tough year. I think, I think we are headed in the right direction. I think first and foremost, the organization is committed to being successful, which is important, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we've got some good management in it. I think the addition of uh, Girardi to the dugout is a, is a huge plus for the team. Uh, yep. He's obviously a, a very much a player's manager. Uh, so he's going to get the most out of what we got, but I think we're a couple pieces short yet of really competing, particularly in the NL East, which is going to be a beast. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll be lucky to get wild card. It's yeah, going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope the new, yeah, like you said, Girardi and the new coaches coming in. We're relying heavily on them. We've made a lot of low risk, uh, potentially high reward signings in the offseason, yeah. but we'll see. It's going to be a tough division. JP, thank you so much, guys. Honestly, get down here. Home Run House is uh, here in Stratford, uh, well, Westfield Shopping Centre, opposite Pashyunk here on the Food Court Avenue. And of course, if you're around Fritzrovia, get down there. I can't tell you how good it is. It's an incredible place. You Honestly, you'll step through it and you'll think you're back in South Philly. It's incredible. And of course, I'll be showing Philly games as well. Get down there. And if you're down there as well and you're from Philly, let me know, guys. I'll be happy to come down and watch a game with you guys. Fantastic. Thank you. So amazing and thank you JP for his time uh, and everything he has done him and the team to even set up Passion Avenue and uh, put a little bit of authentic Philly in London because uh, he has done an amazing him and his team have done an amazing job and uh, if you haven't been to Passion either in uh, Cleveland Street in Fitzrovia or in Stratford guys honestly I cannot recommend it high enough check it out even if you're not from Philly and you're listening from another team or no interest in Philadelphia for good food and drink and uh, an amazing sports bar, just check it out, because honestly, there is nowhere like it in London. It's an incredible, incredible place. Okay, uh, that ticked off. Uh, uh, <laughs> also, a little bit more admin. Uh, the website is uh, is coming together now. Uh, I've added a few more bits in there. Travel guide, I'm halfway through a UK fans guide for fans here. Uh, we're going to get some more blogs on there. That's all coming together. So check out www.ukphillies.com. And of course, Instagram, uh, Facebook. There's a lot of new fans coming up. It's great to see um, mm -hmm. on Facebook, especially a lot of new fans saying they've recently just got into baseball and found Phillies as their team. So guys, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing the Phillies. Uh, any questions for us in the podcast, just fire them away. I know there's a few later on. Um, but um that's enough of my voice. I feel like I've been talking forever. Alex, <laughs> you were, you had a fantastic interview for The Good Fight with Josh Harrison. How was that, man? Uh, it was pretty awesome. I can't lie. Uh, Josh is one of the best dudes in the game. I've known that since, you know, I was younger and watching him play for the Pirates. And, you know, just I, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. So getting to speak with him was, you know, a dream come true. And there's not a nicer guy on the planet, aside from maybe Andrew McCutcheon, who is his <laughs> best friend, which is just, you know, they're, they're two of the best people in this game and in this business. And I Absolutely. think it's awesome to have them both on the same squad right now. And of course, they're joined by some other friends, aren't they? Liriano, uh, Walker, yep. I believe they're all on the same Pirates team. 
So that's going to be a good mixture. In 2013, they were also with AJ Burnett, Jean-Marc Gomez, right. uh, Marlon Bird. Yeah. Uh, can't remember all the others, but there were nine ex-Phillies or current Phillies on that 2013 squad, which is just insane. They've all they've all come to the better part of, uh, yep. of Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but what was uh, for people who haven't seen the interview, Alex? What was what was Josh saying? What did he have to say? Is he looking forward to teaming back up with his old mates? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was he was really vocal about just wanting to. He was glad to be getting you know a shot to compete for a competitive club because last year you know with the Tigers he didn't say this, but with the Tigers you know he he went through a pretty terrible injury mm. process and uh, you know only got to play about thirty games. And then, you know, when you're playing with the Tigers, they're not exactly the most competitive yeah. club in the American League. So I'm sure he wasn't exactly having the best time, didn't feel like he was being utilized properly, but also spoke about how, um, you know, he, he uh, felt that his health was a real concern and he was playing through some things that he should have been playing through. And uh, that's why, you know, he missed out on the majority of the season. But... He assured me he's 100% healthy. He's really excited to be, you know, back with Kutch, back with Neil Walker, with Liriano, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to put out a really good showing in spring this year. Not only that, but the, the dressing room is going to be, it's going to be bouncing, it's isn't gonna it? Be it's going to be great. Harrison, very different to two years ago when there was being PS4s thrown in the bin and TVs ripped off the wall <laughs> and whatever was going on with Santana, but it's going to be a completely different vibe, and. Uh, also, Harrison will bring a lot to the team as well, won't he? Great utility player to have in there. Yeah, he told me, uh, you know, he's he's got a long history with second and third base, but he told me that, you know, Joe Girardi knows that he can play all over the diamond as well as in the outfield, and, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to make himself useful and try and make the roster. So I can't wait to see how he gets implemented uh, in, the coming, in the coming days. In the coming days, because this spring training is going to be the most interesting in, in a long, long time. We've got a big yes, roster. Uh, the pitchers and catchers report in a couple of days. Ryan, spring training for you. Are you, are you excited about spring training? Are you, are you a man who will watch all the games? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm not, I normally <laughs> watch the first few and then you do get that itch to watch regular season action yeah. a bit too. And it starts to get a little tedious, I think. But no, it, it will be um, interesting to, to sort of watch the position battles um, unfold. As you say, there's some certainly some bench spots to be watching out for. It'll be interesting to see what the Phillies sort of... I know Adam Hastley's there in centre field, um, but as a lefty, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of either going and getting someone actually who's a right-handed bat to come in who can sort of play center field. And we'll talk about free agents. And I'd be interested mm. to get Alex Carr's take. But one name that I've sort of kept tabs on, we could perhaps um, encourage Kevin PR not to go to Japan, which is a rumor <laughs> that he might oh, be doing. Oh, man, he, um, his, so, so it's not happening. He's not going to Japan. Definitely yeah, so, not. Yeah, well, so he can come to Philly instead as far as I'm concerned because I think he might be a good fit just to to platoon there with Hastley because Hastley, he is a very big ground ball hitter and he's young and he, he struggles against the lefties a little bit. So that that might um that might help. Um, But on top of that, we've got some bullpen things to figure out. We've got some, obviously, the final few rotation spots just mm. to sort of align themselves. And in, yeah, it's going to be an interesting spring for sure. Yeah, and what what I'll do it later on is is go down the massive list of names we've oh, brought God. up and brought in, and I'll get a very <laughs> brief opinion from you guys on them because it's a big old list. 
and uh, and ones that may make it and ones that may not make it to the major league roster. Um, so where are the Phillies right now? So the the pitchers and catchers report. Alex, for those that don't a bit new to the game, a new fan, or some people who hear this all the time but don't quite know what, what pitchers and catchers reporting, but what does that actually mean, Alex? What what happens at this stage? So at this stage, you basically have all of your pitchers, all of your catchers going down to Florida, and most of them are already there. I mean, I know Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, Spencer Howard's already there. I mean, there's it's basically a whole flock of pitchers and catchers, even the prospects that aren't on the spring training roster. Uh, they all go on down to Florida, and they use the uh, the spring training complex, and they just start working out, doing their thing. They start getting instruction from uh, – they have Dan Plesak down there this year. Uh, there's some other names, too, uh, for at least the pitching side. But Ryan Howard's going down there this year. I mean, there's yeah. a whole bunch of really, really great alumni that are uh, going down to help as special instructors. So basically, they just start working out, start stretching, start doing extended bullpen sessions. Uh, and then games start in about two weeks, I think. Uh, it, it, 20, no, not two weeks. 22nd of February. Yes, Tigers, so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, about, about two weeks. Um, but yeah, it's – I mean – it's going to be awesome. So for the next uh, week and a half, two weeks, you'll probably be seeing some really cool content, some uh, behind the mound views of some uh, pitchers, you know, tossing to some catchers. And uh, after that, we get rolling. We start seeing uh, the spring training battles commence. And this will be the first time they've uh, been introduced to Brian Price as well. First yeah. time for him to get his hands on the pitchers. And, uh, and will Girardi be there as well for pitchers and catchers? Is, will he be there mm-hmm. early or will he wait until everyone else arrives? He's probably already there. Um, but if not, I mean, I don't know his routine. It's always different for every manager. Uh, Cap was there at this point last year. Um, sorry about that noise. If you guys can hear that, that's my washing <laughs> machine. Um, but, Rock and roll. Uh, Cap, I know, right? Uh, Cap was there uh, last year at this time. So I'm pretty positive Girardi will already be there. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's it's a really, really fun time. And Brian Price uh, has probably spoken. I know he spoke to Velasquez, uh, Vince Velasquez, earlier this year. Uh, so he's already talking to some guys, already giving instruction on what he wants them to work on and hone in on, especially prior to, to now, so that they can show up to camp already knowing what mm. they want to work on and what they want to do. So this will be really, really exciting. We'll see a lot of really cool updates. And Dan Plesak, if you don't already follow him, uh, you know, the ex-Major League pitcher. He's on MLB Network. He's a brilliant man. Uh, he will be posting a lot of content of a lot of guys. He does that every year. So make sure you give him a follow because he will always be uh, throwing up some really cool videos. And did I see in the offseason, Pavetta's been training with some uh, elusive company. The CAA guys, yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his agency. Uh, so he's been training with guys like Noah Syndergaard, Lucas Giolito, uh Michael Lorenzen, other guys too. Um, some really some big good names. big names there. Some good and pitches. He, I saw a video of him throwing a changeup. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, I I know people are tired of hearing, it, but there's there's, <laughs> there's out, not a lot of out. options we have. There's not a lot of options we have. So you know, I'm excited to to see where he goes this spring. That's gonna be really fun to watch. Yeah, because they've got to sort out. Who's going to be the, who is going to be the rotation? Nolo, Wheeler, Riastra, yes. and then what? Eflin, Vince, uh, um, sorry, Pavetta, Vince in the bullpen. There's, there's a lot of questions this spring training coming in. For you, Ryan, who are you most excited about seeing, especially the youngsters? We've got Boehm, Derek Hall coming up. We've got a lot of uh, Spencer Howard, of course. Uh, who are you looking forward to uh, prospect-wise as well? 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's no secrets about my love for Spencer Howard. Um, so I am excited to see him. Um, I don't think that obviously the Phillies are going to start the season with Spencer Howard at such a high level as MLB, but I do think he's going to be bumped through the system mm. at a decent rate so that they can have him ready if things don't go well um, with <laughs> maybe Jay Carrietta. I mean, surprisingly, it's kind of, I'm more scared about Arietta than I am about some of those <laughs> other guys, like I, you yeah. know, Vince, Eflin, Pivetta, who still have a path at their age with their abilities mm-hmm. to get it right. Whereas I feel, and I, you know, I, I try not to be a negative and I hope that Jake can sort of turn a corner again, but it does feel like um, stick a fork in him is an appropriate phrase, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I hope he proves me wrong. So that's the positive. We all side do, of that. mate. Um, we all do. Now, Spencer, yes. But there are other guys that, you know, I am excited, not prospect-wise, I am excited to see Nick Pavetta because, you know, the fastball velocity was still there last season. It's not like all of a sudden we, we're fearing for his health or we think, wow, that, you know, yeah, his fa- he got beaten up with his fastball last season. But arguably his fastball got beaten up because his secondary stuff just wasn't quite where mm-hmm. it was the season prior. Now, the season prior, um, he was using his sinker. Um, about 9% of the time. And he didn't use that pitch last season, probably because the sinker stunk in 2008, uh, 2018. So yeah. it wasn't a good pitch, and the Phillies decided to get him to use the curve and the slider a lot more. The curve was still pretty decent uh, last season, but the slider struggled. So he needs to find the right mix, yeah. the right... I'm, I'm not sure that a change-up is the answer. He's thrown like not many change-ups over the last two seasons. If he, if he suddenly got one, great. But um, the point remains, if Nick can figure this out, if the pitching coach can help him, if he can get confident with his pitch mix, with his secondary stuff, and keep that fastball coming at the same velocity that it's been for the last two seasons, then there is a path to success. So I'm excited to see him. Go get him at cheap in fantasy baseball leagues. Why not? Throw a dollar out there. <laughs> Don't tempt me. I've got a draft coming up. Um, cheap, Dave. Cheap. That doesn't mean put all your eggs in that basket. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Um, there you go. But what we do need is we need more innings out of these guys going longer into games yes, we do. because our yes. bullpen got heavily beaten up and damaged, way overused because our starters were unable to go beyond five, six innings, and that really hurt us last year. Really hurt us. So hopefully yes, we'll get some more longevity out of them. Um, the Phillies made a lot of low risk low risk acquisitions during the uh, during the off season. I'm going to go through the list, guys, and it's a big list. Let's try and keep it slightly brief on these boys. Yep. So let's start with Logan Forsythe. Right, uh, Ryan. Logan Forsythe. What do you reckon? Low risk potentially. Good reward out of Logan. Um, yeah, I mean, it, oh. it's not, no, yeah. <laughs> I, can only, I can only get so excited. I mean, yeah, um, they're looking for some help. And again, like, like with your sort of fifth starter ranges, you don't need your bench to be, um, completely loaded with studs. You, you want a little bit of power on there. You want guys that can, um, that can do a job for you off the bench. That's well, that's what they're there for. Um, Logan, 33 years old. 
He's not hit. I mean, when he had his good seasons, he hit for a lot better contact. So while while he sort of takes his walks now, and his his batting guy is quite good, his his contact rate has has dropped off. Um, so he would need to to sort of get back a little bit of that. Not mm. sure he's going to offer much power. Um, he's not overly exciting to me. But you know, if he's going to start in AAA, or you know, maybe they're going to keep him down there just in case one of the other guys doesn't work out. Sure, a bit of experience, a guy that's been in the majors. Why not, Alex? Do you think he will make the major uh, the major team, or do you think he'll be kept in AAA? Um, I think Forsyth. What they were looking for with Forsyth is a guy that has uh, solid infield defense at every position. So he can play first, he can play third, he can play short, he can play second. I mean, he's played all of those positions in his career. Uh, they weren't exactly looking at it from a bat perspective. Uh, even though last year he started the season way, way hot. Um, but then he really cooled way, way down. So, I mean, they weren't necessarily looking at an offensive production rate from Forsyth, but uh, I think, I do not think he will make the major league roster. That's just my first guess. I mean, I think Neil Walker is a much better offensive option and can also play similar positions. Uh and they do have a lot of depth on the major league team, as it were. You know, with Scott Kingery able to play pretty much anywhere, Gene Segura can switch between second and short. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys that can play third base. So uh, I don't see Forsyth making the roster, and I think he will probably opt out of his deal um, mm. and go back on the market. Yep. No, yeah. Uh, Francisco Liriano. That's, this is an interesting one. Ryan? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Ryan. <sighs> Francisco Liriano, not a name that I expected to be discussing, I must admit. Um, wow. What age is Francisco Liriano? You know what? I'm just trying to check this out now. And that's not a negative, by the way. I just want to confirm the age. 34, 35. Okay, so that's a little younger than I thought he was. He feels like one of these guys that's been playing ever since I started watching (laughs) baseball and has just never gone away. And that is a credit to him, you know? And and Liriano has always been that exciting, swinging, strike-inducing, often wild, even when he was, you know, pretty good. There There were usually, you know, some control concerns with him. But working out of the bullpen, that actually doesn't, always 36. play as badly as it does 36. in a starting okay. role um mm. so yeah he's he's not as electric as he was obviously he's 36 you've just said but i'm i'm intrigued and he he threw 133 innings only two seasons ago and he threw 70 innings last season and he just seems to find a way to stay competitive so it really wouldn't shock me to see this guy contribute for the phillies this season not at all I am going to say that he, hands down, will be making this bullpen. Uh, wow. I think I think he is one year removed from being a, le- a lefty specialist. And, you know, that is something that is kind of dead now with the new three batter minimum. Mm. But um, his numbers against right-handers, yes, they're significantly worse than his numbers against left-handers. But they're still not bad. Uh, and to have a guy that can go multiple innings that can, you know, guarantee, almost guaranteed... Uh, you know, suit up against a lefty and really attack them from the left side of the mound. Uh, I think that's really valuable. And I think to get Liriano on a minor league deal is a big win. Uh, I think, you know, he's a guy that is coming off a very decent season. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, has a pedigree of being, you know, ever since he was younger, he was a very highly touted prospect, came in for the Pirates in 2013-14, was their absolute ace, like 
hands down, even with Garrett Cole on the on the roster. Uh, <laughs> and you know, he was he he's had a really really successful career, and he's a guy that you know, yes, he knows Josh Harrison, yes, he knows Andrew McCutcheon, uh, but you know, having that kind of value from the left side, guy that can go multiple innings, guy that can you know face lefties and be really you really feel good about it. That's really valuable, especially with the three batter minimum. I agree. Uh, Liriano did have a good year last year. 69 games, 5-3, and three, ERA of at uh, 3.47. Decent. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. It's better than some of our pitches last year. So it's, yes, it is. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> he carries that over. That'll be an improvement on what we had. Uh, another one, Drew Storen. Another interesting. Yeah. Low risk, 32 <laughs> years old, uh, only 58 games. Well, he hasn't pitched since 2017. That can't be right. Uh, ML- yeah, it, MLB it, it, has shown right. his last stats as 2017. It's right. It's right. Oh. Um, he had, so Storin's timeline goes like this. Uh, 27, well, 2015, he was replaced by Jonathan Papelbon in the Nationals uh, bullpen. Oh, I remember. Uh, of course. Yes. Uh, 2016, he stunk. Uh, 2017, I believe, is when he was either it was either after 2017 or it was 2017 midseason he got tommy john surgery was out for two years pitched for the royals last year sucked uh he pitched in their minor league system uh which is probably why you can't see the numbers right now dave uh but he pitched for them for like 10 games he was really bad uh and so now he's been working with the driveline guys for about a year and some time uh and he still has all his pitches. The velocity is still somewhat there. Uh, I'm not saying you should expect anything big out of Drew Storen, but he is certainly not dead. Uh, so he, he's one of those guys that I could definitely see uh, sticking around in AAA. He probably won't make the major league roster, mm-hmm. but uh, he'll, he'll stick around in AAA. He'll try to fight for a spot midseason, maybe if somebody goes down. Uh, hopefully we don't have the bad luck we had last year, but, oh, uh, you know, if, if if he's in AAA and he's putting up some decent numbers, why not give him a shot? That's what I say. Yeah, he was. That's right. There's a controversy because Stone was doing well at the time, wasn't he? He was on a real roll before when they brought Papelbon in, right? Actually, no. He he was on a roll the year before in 2014. He right was like he pitched to I think a sub one ERA. No, it was a sub two ERA. But still, he was he was absolutely fabulous. He, he was there a firm closer though, wasn't he? For sure, closer. Yeah. yeah, and then he stunk in 2015 and so they uh the nationals traded nick pavetta for jonathan papelbon mm. and uh john papelbon took the closer role and we all know that he got in a fight with bryce harper tried to punch him in the face and choke him out that's uh, right good times jonathan good papelbon, times what a yeah guy. what a guy ryan neil walker 34 years old uh 2019 an average of two uh, 0.261 eight home runs 38 rbi three stolen bases what's he gonna bring to the phillies ryan yeah so this is the first name that i would actually get a little bit so I, i'm gonna say i actually really like this pickup a lot so that's not to say i don't like some of the names you just mentioned but this one really makes sense to me um more so than logan forsyth um because you know he does make good contact and, and he has a decent batting guy. He takes his warps. Um, he perhaps isn't hitting as many fly balls as he has in years previous. Um, but there's no reason that perhaps, you know, can, he can still get back to that and have a little bit of home run upside in this ballpark. Um, he can play multiple positions. He's, 
he's just an all-round solid bat. The contact he makes hard. Um, I like Neil Walker. I must say, I, I've always liked Neil Walker as a major league contributor, and mm. he seems exactly the sort of guy that the Phillies should have on that bench. And you know, him and Jay Bruce to me would become the the really sort of solid options off that bench. And you know, starts to round out looking quite nice. So yeah, I, I really like the pickup, and I would be shocked if he isn't on the major league roster um, come opening day. Yeah, I agree, uh, Alex. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, you know, what's important to note with Neil Walker, uh, especially when you're comparing him to Logan Forsythe, because they're probably the two most comparable guys that'll be fighting for a spot. Uh, but Walker can play third. Okay, he can play first. Okay, can't really play second base anymore, which is what he used to play for the Pirates. Uh, definitely can't play, play shortstop, but he's a switch hitting guy who had really great pinch hit numbers last year. Uh who can basically, he can hit for power, he can hit for contact, he can move your guys over. I mean, he is basically the, the ultimate bench piece for the Phillies mm. right now. I mean, he plays multiple positions, he hits from both sides of the plate, he's versatile, he you know has great clutch hitting numbers. I mean, he's exactly what you want, and he can play the outfield in a pinch. I mean, he, he, is, he is also, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ryan here, I think he'll, he'll probably be making the major league roster as well. So this could be very much a very good low low risk acquisition for Neil very Walker. Good, yeah. Uh, final four on the list, of course, we've got Torres, Torres, and uh, Josh Harrison. Alex, Josh Harrison's numbers weren't fantastic. Well, they weren't that good last year. What's he nope. going to bring to the Phillies? Uh, at Phillies and about uh, Torres as well. Interesting uh, pick let, up that Torres one. Oh yes. Uh, so with Harrison, uh, like I said before, you know he's assured me he's 100 percent healthy. Uh, he is a Two-time All-Star in his career. I mean, this guy knows how to hit. But what you also want to be looking for, Josh Harrison is one of the best base runners, I think, of the last, uh, probably, you know, of the 2010s. Uh, the numbers may not reflect it, but if you go on YouTube and you look at Josh Harrison's base running highlights, I swear to God, you will not see a more agile person come out of the 2010s era. I mean, mm. that guy can swim on the base paths. And I mean... Not only do you get that from him, but he told me he can play outfield, he can play shortstop, he can play second base, he can play third base. I mean, plus he's a right-handed hitter, can hit for pop, can hit for contact. I mean, you're getting a, I think he's 32 years old now, you're getting a 32-year-old Josh Harrison. You know, that's not, he's not going to be in his all-star form, uh, you know, as he may have been in 2015, 2016. But what he is going to bring you, he's going to bring you a great clubhouse presence, going to bring you positional versatility bring you a big bat from the right side that can come off the bench. And he's also just going to bring you, you know, what is could possibly be some really, really good numbers. Uh, so we'll have to see how he's definitely not guaranteed to make the roster out of spring. Uh, I really hope he does. I'm pulling for him, but we'll see. It depends on how he performs. And I think he will perform well, especially at hundred percent mm. health. As for Torres, you know, this is one of Joe Girardi's favorite guys. He's only, still 28 years old 27 uh, yeah. 27 yeah i mean uh, like this guy he plays phenomenal defense phenomenal and he's never been much of a power guy but definitely has some contact that he can bring to the table he had that one really good season with the yankees where he really stepped up and uh, and and put up some great numbers but uh you know he he's a guy that can i think he spent all year in triple a last year yeah he had maybe? 16 at bats in the majors uh yeah got it 188 didn't so well yeah didn't really this feature. is more of a this is more of a triple a uh more of a triple a fill out kind of signing but 
He's one of Girardi's favorites, and he's you can do a lot worse than Ronald Torres as somebody who you you know kind of throw in AAA and uh, let them marinate and see how they come out mm. and have a you know be a good substitution for anybody that does get injured. And there's also um, oh there's that guy from the Mets. Can't remember his name. Uh, they signed him as well. TJ? Nope, maybe not. Uh, can't remember. Oh, TJ uh, Rivera. TJ Rivera. There you go. Uh, he's also going to be a really, really nice uh, AAA addition. I don't think he's going to make the major league roster, but uh, he was a really, really nice AAA addition because he's a poor man's Jeff McNeil. I mean, he's had some really, really good contact numbers over the years, uh, and I'm not saying he's going to come up and be, you know, a starter by any means. But he's a really good guy to throw in AAA. Kind of forget about him, and if he, you know, puts up some good numbers, so be it. That'll be great. Absolutely, Ryan. Anything to add on those two? I mean, I, I think that the Phillies would like it to be Harrison that sort of takes that um, yep. middle infield role. I mean, the concern, regardless of what Josh is, I mean, athletes like to tell you that they're healthy because that's a good thing. I mean, I do have to say that. And the concern is in 2015, he had torn thumb ligaments. In 2016, he had a strained right groin. In 2017, he fractured his metacarpal in his left hand. Ooh. That happened again in 2018. <laughs> In 2019, he had a strained left hamstring tendon and a left shoulder inflammation. So there is a concern with Josh Harrison's health. Yeah. And that's not me. I, I hope that Josh stays healthy because mm. I absolutely agree. He's the, he's the ultimate professional. He can offer you so much versatility. Hopefully still has a little bit of that speed on the base pads despite some of those injuries and definitely a little bit of pop. I do like, however, that the Phillies have basically picked up Forsyth and... Um, the other guy that we just mentioned, Torres, who I do Torres. really like, actually. Mm. And it feels like if Harrison, if his body breaks down, which I really, really hope it doesn't, if it does, it feels like the Phillies have got those sort of um, options there, which is smart. And I, I, I'll go out on a limb. I think Ronald Torres, with his batting guy, can really offer something to this team this season. And And I would be shocked if at some point he isn't the guy that we're sort of saying wow, I'm glad that Girardi told the front office to go and pick him up on a cheap deal. Yeah. I've got to say, we're, we're nicely stacked in the minors, aren't we? We've got a yep. lot more depth this year. Uh, it both, is. Both pitching it, and, and offensively. It's really strong. Um, and I, I mentioned this coming into the season, and I, I got a lot of flack for it because, you know, people were like, uh, what depth? We didn't have any depth this year. Where was that depth? Well, because all that depth was coming up from double A was, you know, kind of, well, well Hazley, you know, but he I mean, was flushed up. Well, yeah, now now they have Derek Hall, who's going to be a massive left-handed bat that can come up, you know, next year when rosters expand and absolutely slug balls off the bench. They've got Davey Gruyon, who's probably not going to make the major league roster and, uh, you know, because Andrew Knapp exists, uh, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, you know, Davey is probably going to be chilling in AAA too with uh, Christian Bethencourt. And then you've got uh, Austin Listy, who's, you know, mm -hmm. had a massive last two years. Uh, you've got Nick Williams still exists. I mean, that is a, oh, a gosh, guy yeah. who was once a yeah. major league baseball player putting up two really solid seasons in a row. That is just chilling. You've got Nick Martini. To answer your question, Ryan, I don't think they go out and get Kevin Pillar. But I do think Nick Martini is a really, really solid uh, kind of center field backup after Roman Quinn. I, I had him on the list, uh, but I left him out because I wasn't sure who he was. But uh, well, he was oh, Nick Martini. Quinn, so it doesn't it doesn't exactly count. But um, 
Nick Martini is a, is, is a guy that can play. He can play center field. He's not a center fielder by any means. But, like, you know, he can play center field. He had a really great year in AAA last year, a 50-game on base streak in AAA. Uh, I mean, he is – he's a really – you know, he's not some guy that you can just look at and say, oh, yeah, no, he's not going to contribute this year. I mean, mm. they have guys on guys on guys that are just going to, you know, attempt to contribute. They they picked up uh, – I don't know if we – have we gone through the pitchers yet for uh, – even if we haven't. There's the guy, Reggie McLean, that they just claimed from the Mariners. Oh, I've got him on the list. He's I a, wasn't sure who he was. So I sort of he's, a, he's, a, he's a soft contact machine. I mean, that's a guy that's touching 98 with his sinker wow. uh, that has a really nasty slider. And surged through three levels of the minors, went into the majors last year, only had three bad outings all against the Astros. And we all know why that was. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy could seriously be, I mean, he can pitch you multiple innings. He can get you that double play when you need it. He's, you know, he could really turn out to be an elite bullpen piece that they got for nothing. They claimed him off waivers. I mean, so what we're looking at is a is a full bullpen in AAA that can you know Connor Brogdon, Addison Russ, uh, Reggie McLean, who I just mentioned, all these guys that they've already claimed off waivers if they yeah. end up sticking around, the guys that they signed, you know, anyone who doesn't make the major league roster. I mean, Ranger Suarez might be out of a job. He might be sitting in AAA next year to begin with too. JD Hammer is going to be down there if he clears waivers. Uh, Edgar Garcia is going to be down there. I mean, all these guys that came up preemptively for the Phillies last year because mm. there were so many injury issues are now going to be just sitting in AAA, honing in on their craft, hopefully getting ready to come back up. I mean, yeah. what are it's the, I, stacked. I can't <laughs> help but feel that these bullpen guys were, were rushed up last year, weren't they? And they that's were. like, like JD Hammer started well, but you could see his inexperience and his, his lack of MLB, you know, um, is that kind of MLB experience really hurt him towards the end, didn't it? Unfortunately, but hopefully, like you said, we'll claim him back off waivers and he'll be back in AAA, homing on his skills. Uh, and Ranger Suarez as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got all about. That's he incredible. Last year. Um, yep. Right, plenty of questions to get through on social media. So let's, let's get through these as quick as we can then. Uh, Jeffrey Branch says, I know it's early, but when you see the fourth and fifth starters behind, uh, who do you see as the fourth and fifth starters behind Nola, Wheeler and Arietta? Ryan, who's your money on? Oh, well, I, I think Zach Eflin will be in the rotation. Um, that would be almost certain. You know, not a guy that that's, he need, once he gets away from trying to induce too many swinging strikes, which isn't his, his um, sort of positive it isn't what he's about and that's okay because what he does do is he he induces soft infield contact and he he can do that and he can get outs in other ways with his off-speed stuff so Mm. yeah I I like Eflin I think he's a good bounce back candidate I don't think at his age he's someone that people should sleep on and he definitely deserves yet another shot he you know he had a really bad stretch didn't he last season over eight games in the middle of the season there um but other than around that, there were some really nice things. And it, it had know, two complete games, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's not a guy that you know. With the right coaching, I really like Eflin. Then, it, then it gets interesting, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know which or Nick, isn't it? Pick your poison between the two. They're, they're going to sort of figure out. I think that's the battle for me. That's where they're going to decide. Do they think that Vince can get over this? I mean, once he goes through the lineup a certain, you know, twice, then that third time gets, <laughs> it can get interesting. So he needs to figure that out. Um, 
they they might. I think they might give Nick Pavetta a shot, but that that's more of a, a, a guess at this point. There are other options they could go outside the organization if they really hate it. But yeah, I, I think Nick will probably win that fifth job, but that's a guess. Yeah. Alex, pretty much the same. It's going to be Nick ahead of Vince. I don't think that's a guarantee at all. Uh, I think there are a lot of options to be looked at this year. I mean, uh, yeah, Nick or Vince are the two obvious ones. But uh, first of all, they could still go out and grab. I mean, I am I am next to positive. They still have feelers out on guys like Danny Salazar, Aaron Sanchez, Colin McHugh. I mean, there are still some free agents out there that are very Is it Roax? Of... Is Roax still a free agent? No, he signed with the Blue Jays for a yeah. massive overpay, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, they still have feelers out on these guys. And I'm sure uh, that if their expectations drop to, you know, minor league pacts or maybe low guarantee deals, um, you know, that they'll, they'll take a shot on them if, if, you know, the price is right. So mm. uh, they exist. There's also, I think, they are planning to stretch Ranger Suarez out as a starter this year. Uh, after they saw his numbers uh, from the bullpen last year, they were really impressed. Uh, so he's definitely an option. Uh, obviously, Nick and Vince are the two, you know, obvious ones, and they want to be starters. But I don't think the fifth spot is guaranteed to anybody. And if I had to pick between those two, I would say Nick Pavetta over Vince Velasquez. Yeah. But, you know, there's it's a battle for a lot of things this year. Uh, especially when, you know, the Phils are so adamant of, for staying under the luxury tax. So we'll see what comes of it. I think it really is anyone's game for that fifth spot, but the fourth spot is definitely Zach Eflin's. I can say that with near confidence. Uh, and I think he will be, he will surprise a lot of people this year. That is all uh, I will say. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. I hope as well, I've said it before, but I hope whatever role they give Vince, they, they stick him to it because he needs some, yep. he needs some consistency. He needs to know what he's doing. I think it was a I big agree. problem for him last year. Bullpen, starter, bullpen, starter, middle of bullpen, end of the bullpen. Just stick him as a long reliever. Get get two, three possibly innings out of him once through the lineup. That'll do. He's, that. he's, he's good once through the lineup, especially yeah. with that fastball. Uh, Oscar says, realistic goal for next season. Uh, Ryan, realistic goal for next season? Well, the realistic goal is to compete with the teams atop the NL East. And, you know, we've seen... The Vegas sport, Superbook um, wins totals are out, and the Phillies are within, you know, to them, they think that within the range of what, five games behind the expected win totals of the Braves and the Nationals. So, you know, this is different. You know, we, we haven't yet spoken about the impact that, that Girardi really can have on, on, on the team. The philosophy is going to be different. Um, you mentioned earlier, Dave, about, like, wanting the starters to go deeper, but it's not always just a case of like them having the ability to go deeper. The philosophy, you know, Girardi might just bring a little bit more of a traditionalist. I'm not saying he's completely the opposite of um, Kapler, mm. but Kapler was a unique character with unique views and there's nothing wrong with that. But Girardi might just help some of these guys relax into their roles a little more. So I think that the Phillies this season... There is a range of outcomes that can occur, obviously. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I don't think that people should totally sort of write them off because they've seen the Braves and the Nationals do well in recent years mm. because with a good manager and a change of philosophy around the club um, and some talent in the organization, we should expect that this team 
has the potential to get close to the top of the division. Um, so we should be competing, and that's the realistic expectation. Yes, Ryan. Love it. Alex? I will try not to get too outlandish on this. <laughs> but you look at the NL East, uh, the Braves got significantly worse. Nationals, significantly worse. Mets, basically plateaued, because what in the world are they doing? Uh, Marlins, significantly better, but are still probably really bad. Uh, Phillies, significantly better. And I know people will say, oh, they only made, you know, two marginal, like, arrow-moving moves, but... Signing Didi Gregorius, who was an elite defender pre-Tommy John surgery, uh, and also hits, you know, an incredible amount of home runs to the right side of the park, which the Phillies just happen to have the shortest right field porch in the National League. Mm -hmm. And signing Zach Wheeler, who has, he knows exactly what he has to do to, uh, you know, become an ace. And now they have a one, two, three of Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and maybe Jake Arrieta. Instead of just a one-two of Aranola and definitely not Jake Arrieta. I mean, the realistic goal, I think, is to make the playoffs. You just want to make the playoffs. And the National Please. League all over has gotten a lot better. The Reds have really, really improved. The Brewers mm. kind of stink. Uh, the Padres have improved. That bullpen is really, really scary. Um, you know, you're looking at a more, uh, more competitively shaped uh, National League. And, you know... They're, in order to win the wild card, they're going to have to achieve a bit higher than they did last year uh, when they were still in it, you know, and everybody was underachieving for a time. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility to say that they will be, you know, competing for the division. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, I think they can be, most realistically, they are competing for a wild card spot, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I look at this Braves rotation, I look at this Nationals offense. I look. Juan Soto has no protection, none. I mean, there is not a single you know big bat quote unquote in that lineup not named Juan Soto. Uh, you know, with the Braves, their rotation they lost an elite defender at third base, and they have two incredibly high ground ball rate pitchers in Cole Hamels and in uh, Mike Soroka. I mean, I don't know. I'm, that is where I will leave it there. I, <laughs> realistic, realistic expectation is they, you know, make the playoffs. But uh, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting season. And I think a lot of people are just using result oriented thinking. Uh, oh, I agree. With you that. know, they've they've seen Reese Hoskins was bad last year, so that means he's a bad baseball player. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Bryce Harper hit 260 last year, so that means he's more of a uh, you know, walk rate guy than he is a contact guy. Um, you know, Gene Segura hit 284, so his elite contact tool is gone. Uh, I, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But people are taking 2019 and are trying to mold that to 2020 when in reality, as I always say, baseball is a volatile sport. You can't expect somebody to be bad one year and then bad the next. Yeah, you know, right. anyway. Realistic I, I, I agree. I agree. I think also with a healthy bullpen, that's also that's already a massive improvement. Yep. We didn't have a healthy bullpen last year. We were literally picking up guys, and yeah, depth and a new manager, new coaches, new philosophy. 
Yeah, you, you, you can't say straight off the bat that the Phillies are going to have a bad season again because last oh, year. It's ridiculous. It's com- like you said, it's a completely different yeah. management style. Something didn't seem at times quite right behind the scenes as well. This is a complete new way, a direction now for the Phillies. Even in like, said, philosophy. Gerard and Catbird, two completely wins. different philosophies. Take the over. Just take do it. The, <laughs> take the over. I take, like it. Take um, the over. No, I mean, the offense, listen. That offense, as I look at it now on roster resource with fan graphs, is, is exciting. It's not. It's we hope that if, McCu- if McCutcheon's, li- I mean, we saw what he can offer early last season, and the Phillies really took a hit after I saw him go down live in San Diego. That hurt the team, and it, you know, you to get the production from him leading off is huge. So let's hope that he comes back healthy and raring to go. Um, Real Muto is obviously the contributor that we know yeah. he is. Bryce Harper is one of the best offensive producers in the league. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Actually, he isn't really a huge contact guy, but that doesn't matter. You know, he's got this elite power. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he can't be. And he doesn't mean that he can't be, but he also doesn't have to be, Alex, is my point. Because, you know, you you can produce in so many different ways in baseball. And the power is so huge. His, His batting eye is good. He's... When he makes contact, he has the ability... I'm not joking. He has the ability to hit 50 home runs at Citizens Bank Park. And he has shown that he has those streaky moments in his career. When he gets hot, he can get scorching hot. So there's no reason he can't do it. Hoskins, same thing. Gregorius is an interesting signing. Um, absolutely has the ability. Yeah. Knows Girardi will feel yeah. comfortable. I love what you said about Segura. His contact rate was actually still good last season. It just didn't quite work out for him in a Babip sense. So that's batting average on balls in play. So And Scott Kingery, that's probably the most exciting bat for me in yep. this entire... Uh, so if, he, if it works out, sure, get excited. I don't want to overplay. I mean, you said the Braves got... Sign- We're not going to make this a Braves... No, I don't. I don't think they got promise. significantly worse. I agree with what you said about the Nationals, absolutely. But this is going to be all I'm saying: a very competitive division. I think we can all agree on that. The Phillies can get it is, in there. Look, no matter which way you slice it, Phillies have the best lineup in the National League East. That is not. It's not a question. It's not a. You know, it's not a competition between anyone else. They just do, and that that is not to say they have. You know the best offensive producers in the National League East. You know, the Braves, their one through four last year was insane. I mean, and Josh Donaldson was a huge part of that. Now they have, you know, it goes Acuna, Albies, Freeman to Ozuna. Is that going to work out a similar way? Who knows? Freddie Freeman's coming off a massive injury. Uh, Mm. Josh Donaldson is gone. Marcelo Ozuna is you know, he has he hits balls really, really hard, really, really far. Is he going to be more of last year's Marcelo Zuna or more of 2017's Marcelo Zuna? We don't know. Is Ozzy Albies going to continue on this torrid path, or is he going to follow his most close major league comparison in Runetto Door? I mean, they have hinged their offense on four players. And that's, mm. you know, it worked for them last year, obviously. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, who, who is to say? Uh, the Nationals, it's weird what they did. Who knows how that's going to work out for them. But, I mean, but the Phillies do have just the best lineup. They have the, they have the best lineup in the East. I mean, mm. they do. I, it, it is not a competition. So, and we'll leave it at that. We'll leave, but, leave it at that, Alex, because you've got me excited now. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I need to keep my feet on the ground. 
Uh, right, let's let's wrap up the questions. Try and keep these to short answers. Uh, so Jonathan asks, who will be who will play second base and third base this season for the Phillies? Just Alex, it'll be uh, surely Kingery at, third. at second base, uh, Kingery at third until uh, Alec Bohm comes up. I yeah. think Ryan, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think they're open that Kingery's just going to stay red hot and they can keep seasoning Bohm and and you know so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's where it's going to start, and we'll see how the bone thing plays out. David Esser says, "How can Alex remain so positive when the Phillies have the best, I was uh, looking fifth best to rotation in the LL East?" Alex, uh, how do you stay so positive? Well, um, you know, I, I'm a positive person by nature, and I love this team. I've always loved this team, uh, but I, I, as somebody who produces content for you know a Phillies related site I sometimes am forced to take the third person view and uh kind of look at our team from the outside looking in and the reason I'm able to stay so positive is because if I were a fan of the Reds or I were a fan of the Padres or somebody like that I'd be terrified of this team I I mean I look at Didi Didi Gregorius who has only hit right field short porch home runs in his career at the shortest porch in the National League East, I could not help but think that that is, mm. you know, a pretty terrifying guy for them to have signed. I can't look at Bryce Harper and say he's overrated. He's not. He's an underrated player, if anything, at this point. Uh, I can't look at JT Realmuto and not see the best catcher in baseball. I can't look at Reese Hoskins and not see the same guy that stormed through the minor leagues making adjustments and not say that I'm not terrified of him. Like, you know, yes, the rotation is looking really dull right now. Uh, and I will be the first person to admit to that. But you also have to look at the fact that they brought in Brian Price, who is undoubtedly one of the most well-respected pitching coaches in baseball over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at, um, you know, Jake Arrieta is is not dead. Yeah, he sucks now, per se, but he, he's not dead. Uh, Spencer Howard coming up maybe a little bit after midseason. He is the if he were not injured last year, he is. What is he ranked on pipeline? He's like number thirty-four or something like that. Isn't he? I don't. I I I don't know. But on every list, he's burgeoning on the thirties. If he weren't injured last year, are you kidding me? He's already a top ten right-hand pitching prospect. I mean, the changeup is is absolutely disgusting. The velocity is unreal. I mean. I look at this team and sure they don't have a fantastic farm system and sure they don't have, you know, Dodgers level, uh, you know, and that's different because the Dodgers are sketchy, but uh, you know, you're looking at a team that is so capable. I mean, that's how I remain so positive is because I, you know, you may not trust the front office. You may not trust whatever, you know, Philly sports have gotten so negative this year that everybody's just assuming the Phillies are going to be bad. And that's just, it's not the correct position to be taking. Love so, it. I, Love it. Me, but if they are feeling down David. after hearing that, they can't help but be feeling a little bit more positive. Now I'm feeling more positive. Hey, now. You know what they did as well, Dave, they, they did actually sign Zach Wheeler. So one of the things I don't like the, the sort of rhetoric that, yeah, they didn't oh, this, help the rotation? This, oh, this rotation stinks. Okay, well, the rotation would have stunk a hell of a lot more if they didn't actually go and get Zach Wheeler, which and they think did. think of how much more they so, would have had to overpay if they waited till after Strasburg signed. Yeah, exactly. yeah so like, I, they, I have to give the them trigger. some credit for that because they, you know, that you can't go out and sign four Zach Wheelers. That's not the way that yeah. baseball works. These guys cost money, um, but they did go and attempt to improve this rotation. So 
give the front office some credit. That's, you know, yep. for that move. Yep, and one absolutely. more thing. I, I know we're trying to keep it short, but <laughs> you have to think of, yes, there are a lot of ifs this year. There's a lot of ifs surrounding every baseball team in the major leagues. But you have to think that everything that, you know, happened last year, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. I mean, we're talking yeah, injuries. Literally. We're talking. We're talking people having down seasons. We're talking people like nobody stood out and was like, "Hey, I'm like the definitive all star of the team." Except for Bryce. I mean, Bryce put up a nearly five more season, but and JT, that's true. But you know, those are guys that you expected to have really good seasons, and they can have better seasons. I mean, we are looking at a team where everything went wrong that could have gone wrong, and they've done nothing but add to it, and they've added coaching. You know, they've fully overhauled the coaching staff and, and have, you know, Joe Girardi is one of the most well-respected managers in all of baseball. And, and, uh, and that team that had everything go wrong to him, everything that could go wrong went wrong. We still finished in 85 wins. We, we still finished, uh, we still, we still 81. finished level. 81 wins, sorry, we're still yeah. 81, 81. We still finished, well, 500. But we've added to that. It's, it's, it's gonna, I think the Phillies are gonna surprise a lot of people. I'm working yes. on a piece right yeah, now on that, but that's the thing is, I like people sleeping on us. I like people throwing yep. us down already. It's like, yep. fine. Let, let us do our Philly thing thrives. then. That's yeah, when Philly thrives. Exactly. Okay. Uh, sort of one word answers now. Who takes the best <laughs> chance of the 26th man spot? I mean, I'll go. Uh, Sorry, Alex. The, the consensus, the consensus uh, 26th man is Roman Quinn. Because, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need a backup center fielder, as it were. Uh, but I think a fully healthy year from Roman Quinn would be huge. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> right. A lot of Bryant questions, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. Would you Would you want, both of you, would you give up Scott King Green any deal for Bryant? Um, for me, yeah, I mean, probably there is some deal out there where including King Green would make sense, but, I mean, King Green's on such a team-friendly deal that... You know, the Phillies made that deal for a reason and were hoping to get the value um, from that deal. And that, mm. that value is still within it. So it would seem odd for the Phillies to want to lose a guy that can play in the outfield, can play third, can play some middle infield positions, has power, has speed. I would is the short answer. But, um, you know, trades are so fluid. It's hard to um, it's hard to know unless you, you have the trade offer in front of you yeah. and you know i don't work in the front office so okay the answer's limited <laughs> <laughs> alex you the same would you would if the right deal was there that involved kingry would you let kingry go the phillies need young controllable controllable players in order to sustain success so you know you need those team-friendly deals would i trade scott kingry in a you know one for one with maybe one or two non-alec bohm non uh, you know Spencer Howard prospects. Yeah, of course I would. Anybody would make that trade. Would I be happy about it? Probably not. I think Scott Kingry is very, very good. I'm very high on him. And you just uh, know he'd come back to hurt us as well, don't you? Uh, yes, but also you know you need those team friendly deals, those pre arbitration mm. uh, guys like Alec Bohm, those pre arbitration pitchers like Spencer Howard. You need those guys on your team, uh, you know, producing in order to succeed yeah. sustainably. So. In short, I would, but I wouldn't be happy about it. And two more questions regarding Bryant. Keep it sweet. Would you trade Howard and Bohm together for, a, for a <laughs> Bryant? No. No. Say, no. Good. That's no. nice and short. And that's the correct answer I was hoping. And can you both of you see Bryant coming here? Can you see the Phillies going in on Bryant and bringing them to Philadelphia? 
No, and I can't see the Cubs trading him more so. Uh, they would be absolutely stupid to give up a chance that they have to compete in a division. Sure, they don't look great. Uh, it's it's a weaker division, they, though. Their front office thinks they can win 90 games. Uh, I mean, the Reds look like the, the overwhelming favorite in that division, but uh, you know they have they have a competitive window still. They can still win. Things can go right for them. I, I, uh, I, actually, so I think it will go it will go to the trade deadline, win it, and see where they exactly. are at that point. Exactly, and they would they would be absolutely silly for dealing him preseason. It's silly. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I, because because, I mean, because that division's up in the air as well. The Pirates could be bad, right? But the Cardinals uh, haven't really improved, have they? The Cubs and the Cards and uh, the Reds, like you said, are probably going to be overwhelming favorites, aren't they? Right. Uh, and that's the thing, you know. Uh, sure, they want to stay under the luxury tax, and they are close to doing that, I think. But they could do other things to get under the luxury tax. They don't have to trade Chris Bryant. It's not an end-all, be-all to trade Chris Bryant. Brian? Uh I don't think the Phillies are going to make the move. So, I, I, again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because people get excited talking trades, and Chris Bryant's a great talent. But I, I agree with what Alex said about the controllable deals because, mm. you know, especially when you have a contract like Bryce Harper, which the Phillies have invested in, and there's big money within that, they now have to build a team around Bryce Harper that is affordable and makes sense. And so giving up on guys like Howard or Bohm for, for two years of Chris Bryant is way too big of an ask for me. Um, if it was cheaper and if the Phillies had to take on a bit of salary, you know, maybe there are scenarios where whatever, the Phillies could make it work, especially if they got a pitching arm back in the deal like John Lester. Something like that maybe might make sense in some sort of world. I don't think it's going to happen anyway, so let's not waste too much time on it. Agreed. The only I do want to say the only conceivable option would be the only conceivable trade that I can think of. Bryant isn't going to remain at third base for much longer. Uh, his body's too big. He's you know been injured a couple times. You know he's he's facing decline defensively. Uh, Scott Kingery was a three-war player. Can play all over the diamond. The only mm. deal that I see really you know working for the Phillies from the Phillies perspective. Uh, the only way that they would make this deal. Uh, is if they traded Scott Kingery headlined the package and they kept Alec Bohm and they kept Spencer Howard. There's no other way for that deal to come to fruition because there's just too much riding on both of those two guys. There's, it, there's, there's too much. Uh, so it's just worth considering that, that uh, it's, a really, it's a really tough deal to pull off. It really is. So keep that in mind. Yep, I agree. Right, I'm going to ask you for two names each for this. Daniel Churchill says, who could you see make their biggest improvement in their gameplay under Girardi's management? So two players, Ryan, two players for you. Um, well, I think the production from Segura and Kingery is going to, to, to be absolutely pivotal in probably sixth and seventh in the lineup. You need those guys to contribute. Um, and I, I just feel like that they're, they're both due an uptick Um there's there's potential for them both to get back on. Well, no, Kingery had a decent season last year anyway, and Segura's wasn't awful, but I think they've got a level that they can go to that perhaps the more traditional nature of um, Girardi will just help bring out. I just feel like some of these guys can relax into their roles a little bit more, knowing that you know they're probably going to be out there for the whole game, pitchers as well. You know, so mm. there's less chopping and changing, and I think baseball players. I'm not going to go at Kapler. I always defended Kapler. But I think a lot of baseball players probably do prefer a bit of uh, stability. 
Yep. Alex, two players for you? Hoskins and Kingry. Uh, Beautiful. I think, I think Reese was being put under a lot of pressure to take a lot of pitches. Uh, and yeah. while he does lead the league in pitches per plate appearance, I think a lot of that was having to do with his game plan that was being relayed upon him. So I think, uh, I think Hoskins will be swinging at a lot more things coming down the middle. Uh, and I think uh, Kingery is just going to thrive under possibly finding stability, whether that be in center field or third base or maybe second base, maybe shortstop, who knows. Yeah, agreed. Daniel Harry, I'll answer this one because I've had a chance to study it. Uh, consistency was a bugbear last year for the Phillies, who didn't get a decent win of runs under the belt. True. Looking at the fixtures, uh, and despite not knowing the full rosters yet, where in the schedule do you see we can get a decent 8-10 to 10? Game winning streak start to develop. I miss the long winning runs. Well, well, Daniel, I look at our little fixtures, and I'll tell you what, our opening month is is very kind to us. Marlins, <laughs> Mets. Well, okay, kind as it can be. It could be a lot worse uh, opening month. We've got Marlins, Mets, Brewers, Blue Jays. Reds could be tricky. Brewers again, Marlins, Rangers, Cubs, Giants. That could be a lot worse. We could we could mm-hmm. pick a nice get, get a few win streaks in that. Uh May, May is absolute hell. June ain't much better. Uh, August then as well isn't too bad. Padres, Reds, Giants, Rangers, Mets, Marlins, then Pirates. Yeah, you could pick up a nice little win streak going into September, uh, which actually again isn't actually too bad. So there mm. there are some there are some windows in the schedule that I've seen where we could get that eight to ten win game winning streak. You know that Corey Dickerson's gonna kill us for the Marlins, right? Like I'm not I'm not being funny, but I'm he's been working it. with the pitchers in Philly and he goes to a division rival and he's hitting cleanup and you they they just have our number and that guy's gonna make it even worse. I mean their offense looks it has a lot of upside. Yeah. I will be oh, the first yeah. I will be the first to say the Marlins Marlins offense looks nice. They really should improve. Good for that. Last question. David Lewis says, <laughs> what what would you personally sacrifice to see the Phillies win this World Series in 2020? Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, who wants to take that one on first? Uh, I would take on a vow of celibacy for the rest of my life. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. I would do it. I'd give it up. Jeanette wouldn't be happy with me. My girlfriend would not be happy with me, but God, I would do it. Not for the rest of my life, okay? But maybe into my, like, late 20s, 30s. I don't know. I would give a lot, is the answer. Yeah, that, that is a massive sacrifice. Whew, I wasn't expecting that. Ryan? <laughs> uh, that's such a great question. Um, Dave, was this Dave Lewis? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I love Dave. Okay, um, what would I personally give up? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, for me... You know what? I I love um, fried breakfasts. You know, like mm. <laughs> donuts. I, I absolutely yeah. love. It. I would I would easily say, you know what? A couple of years, give up the bacon, the sausages, the fried eggs. Why not? I can go with porridge oats and breakfast bars and <laughs> not, not on Alex's scale, but we'll we'll, we'll take not, it. <laughs> no, but li- you know what? Listen, I. I really want my sports team to achieve. I'm not gonna like start giving up my fiance or something. This is craziness. <laughs> like, <laughs> not like I'm not Dave wants these hardcore answers. I'm not like stopping supporting Leeds United or anything. This is oh. nuts. But the fried breakfast can go. I hope the Phillies win it. 
Uh, what would I do? Come on then, Dave, Mr. Big Man. You do... <laughs> what would you give up? <laughs> I would give up. I would... Ooh, would I, though? Oh, I would give up going to a football soccer match for the next five years if Philly's wow. one of those series. And that's, that's a big thing for me. That's big. Really? I probably... I, you know what? I would do I the would. same. I I would. You're not going to watch Brighton, <laughs> which I'm sure Dave Lewis will be delighted about anyway. Because Mate, it's so miserable <laughs> at the moment. I, I can't, it's painful to watch at the moment anyway, but I would so, give up football for going to football and watching football. No, like going, I'll give up going to football for five years, which is tough for me because I go to a lot of games. And football is run through my blood. But to see the Phillies the... win a World Series... Well, Alex went all around. Here's the clown such a serious life thing. Here's the catch. He's actually talking about the Falcons. Yeah. Yes, he might be. No, they're coming to London. He'd be devastated. Oh, this year. That's right. So, uh... Happens before the Phillies win the World Series, though, does it? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. September. They they reckon September at oh, Tottenham Stadium. Being crafty, he gets to see the Falcons anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I would give up football for five years to see wow. the thing. But the thing is, I would I would book Tom off in October and go. I would even if I couldn't get a ticket, I would be oh, there. I'd be, there yeah. It'd be the best yep. best week of my life for them. Five years of yeah. Unless the Phillies then kept winning it as well after, then it'd be completely worth it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. We are going way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> That's a good question for the listeners as well. So if you want to get on the threads on Twitter and everything, you yeah, guys, I'll put you that guys what you'd give that up. Question. And I definitely want to know what Dave Lewis would give up since he asked that stupid yeah. question. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> would, would you give up supporting Palace for five years for a Phillies? Uh, and I, uh, oh, the, he's the, a the answer is yes. Fan? No, he would not. Oh, That's the answer oh. to that. <laughs> he should do. They, they stink as bad as us. Anyway, yeah, uh, yes, Alex. <laughs> they do. It's they know you quite well, they right. Don't. Go Eagles. Be nice. Oh, that's, that's gonna get out of control. Dave looks oh. like he's gonna vomit. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. Oh, guys, that's uh, that's that's covered. Oh, what? I, was, I was trying to get this this under an hour, and uh, it's one hour twenty. So that's all right. <laughs> oh, I need to work we, on this. We do have. We've got two hours before. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we had the last one was an hour and forty five, and yeah, geez. we were close with Ellen. By yeah. the way, hi, Ellen, if you're listening. Hi, Ellen. You. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> get Ellen back on. Definitely get Ellen back on. We're going to well, start doing more. Ellen and, I, Ellen and I actually, we talked after we recorded that podcast. She and I are both in the New York area. Right now, she's in Florida. But she and I are both in the New York area, so uh, we will definitely be seeing more of each other. So you guys, uh, definitely, we, we will definitely try and uh, get her back on because she's the best. She is yeah, oh, the best. She was brilliant to have on. She was absolutely fantastic. We're going to get more regular podcasts uh, through, well, spring trading. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get back into the weekly regular podcast. Maybe that's why these ones are so long, because we've had like a... <laughs> yeah, we have so much gap. news to talk about. It's yeah, we have so much to talk about. Weekly, we should be able to uh, have oh, more of a format wait. and That'd bring it back down. So let's say uh, the game start, let's say a week after first games of spring training, beginning of March, oh. we'll get it. Absolutely, we'll get, let's do it. We'll get we'll get into a weekly uh, a weekly occurrence, and then we'll really build up to next season. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast on all the uh, potties, whatever you do it on <laughs> <laughs> Apple, Spotify. Uh, there's loads out there. Please subscribe and uh, check out the, the web page. Keep uh, following on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram's getting more busier now as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and. Uh, Oh, One thing, if I may, 
I do have a plug. Uh, we at The Good Fight are finally starting uh, something that's been in the works for a while. Ah, We're starting something yeah. called TGP-TV. Uh, which is basically the good fight television. Uh, but what we're doing is we're starting to do uh, some weekly streams, some week, uh, maybe some pregame shows, some postgame shows, uh, weekly Q and A's, some video articles, things like that. Uh, so keep your eye out for that because it's going to be really, really cool. This is that's uh, something and, I want to do with UK Phillies, but I'm excited yeah. for this. Well, Paul Boye has been—he's very technically savvy, so he's better than me and all mm. of this stuff but he he has been wanting to do this for a long time and i'm glad we finally set it in motion so uh keep your eye out for that because that's we, 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 we need a guest alex you know some special Honestly, international oh, guests that's the thing with with this with the service that we're using it's really really easy to get to get other people to join so no worries i will absolutely be bringing you guys yeah at definitely some point. definitely fantastic right, all right guys right just under an hour and 20 boys ring the bell Ring the bell, baby. Ring the bell. Thank you, boys. Awesome.